Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots standing ready to fight anew for everything that matters. Life, liberty, property, our way of life, our values, our standard of living here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Hurwitz, back here today for Monday. It is June 19th, and we are ready to rock and roll, even as our lethargic government agencies are shut down. Isn't that interesting? We can't have a government shutdown. Well, the very agencies that would shut down uh, in a case of a lapse of appropriation September 30th are the ones that are shut down today. And what are they shut down for? They are shut down for... Fatherless Day. No, really. Yesterday was Father's Day. Today, in the pagan cal- uh, calendar, they celebrate Fatherless Day. That's what it is. Certainly not about emancipation because, well, then we'd celebrate April 16th. But they don't want to celebrate Emancipation Day because that's about all of us. That's about the fact that government can never rule over other human beings, the fact that the Declaration of Independence is our guiding light, that everyone has a right to life, liberty, and property. No. They want to celebrate a special day, which they they would have called, but they didn't want to make it too obvious. It should have been called St. George's Day. When you celebrate the punk culture, the fatherless culture of crime and violence, and then we glorify it, and basically, you know, turn a guy like George Floyd into Mother Teresa, so much so that it's even able to take away one day out of the rainbow Ramadan. I guess it predominates even that for this month. Uh, but, but the broader lesson is that they fight for their causes. They create holidays to change the culture. And in that sense, culture, as I've always said, I disagree with Andrew Breitbart, at least in the era we live in, Culture is more downstream from politics than the other way around. They just politically do. This is what we're doing. This is a new holiday. Like, you got to be kidding me. You're going to take something that absurd and shut down the government. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. So I want to focus on two themes today. Yes, culture is downstream from politics. And if you assert yourself politically and create political momentum, you create cultural momentum, which makes it easier to achieve political victories. And yes, it is important to preach to the choir because the more you build a strong core, the more it could radiate out to the middle. And again, that's another way to win politically. So we're going to talk about this through the prism of culture of the homosexual agenda how we are actually finally winning on that, but will we seize the opportunity? First, our sponsor today, our friends at refugeprivacy.com. Right now, as I'm doing this show, I have my phone in an American buffalo leather sleeve made by Refuge Ghost. It's called the Refuge Ghost Sleeve. Why? 
Well, because even when your phone is off, it's not really off. The microphones and cameras and location trackers still work, and big tech and big data, much less big government and the FBI, they are still tracking you. They know where you're at. Uh, so when you don't have to have it, the signal's on. Put it in Refuge Ghost sleeve. It's made of American Buffalo leather. It blocks 5G signals that other Faraday sleeves actually miss. And it's the only Faraday sleeve that blocks signal and sound. So they added a sound blocking panel on each side that keeps conversations private. Very comfy here. You know, nice leather. You can put it in your pocket. It's not clunky. Looks great. Feels great. And the bottom line is you can't be too careful these days with the enemies we have against our privacy. So go to refugeprivacy.com today. Use code Daniel to save 10% off. That's refugeprivacy.com, promo code Daniel for 10% off. So I want to do something that I typically don't do and focus a lot today on a poll, polling data, because I think this poll is very revealing and it's very true, and it really is one of the most important polls I think that's out all year and it's reflective of a broader trend we've been noticing. So you had this poll last week or two weeks ago from Gallup that you know more Americans identify as socially conservative. I think it jumped about six points in just two years. And typically when you look at cultural questions of morality, it's down, 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 down. It descends commensurate with the drop in people who identify as religious, who go to church, who believe in God. I mean, we are the most godless secular society we've ever been, and it's not even close. But if you look at several trends, not everything, but several trends, but particularly as it relates to the Ramadan rainbow jihad, we are actually turning the corner. We're reversing it. It's almost like, remember, crime going down for two uh, decades, so then it's it's a very big deal if all of a sudden it starts turning back the other way, even if relatively it's still you know different than it was 30 years ago. So I'm not saying that we are as culturally conservative as we were in the 1980s. I wish. God willing, we head back to that trend. But it is noticeable, and it is hopeful The fact that you could have 20 years successively where every year certain trends go down, 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 and then suddenly the last, really last two years, and and most acutely even the last year, it's gone back the other way. Why? Why has it gone back the other way? What lessons could we take out from it? And what sort of action items do we need to pursue to harness this once-in-a-lifetime in a God-given opportunity? God has still not given up on us. As I say, every day there's another sunrise. You could harness that opportunity. You have to be prepared. You might feel like, hey, you know, this is no longer a winning issue. I got to adjust. All right. But you don't throw it all away. And you chip away, chip away. And you might not have to throw off the boat of your uh, rowboat rowing towards the truth, everything you thought you did, and maybe perhaps over time you could even reclaim lost ground. So obviously, you know, we've seen a lot of these polls where the tranny stuff doesn't resonate. Uh, You look at, 
we we quoted this R what was it um, PRRI poll very comprehensive where the number of people that believe there's only two genders jumped six points from 2021 to 2023, including 14 points among Gen Z. Now, again, obviously, you know, none of this stuff is great. So it's like, okay, 64% are for, are sure that there's two genders and went up six points. Well, it'd be like, uh, that should be 100%. Yeah, I mean, we're not going, we haven't reversed it back to sanity. But on some of these trends, we are reversing it to maybe where it was, depending on the issue we're going to talk about, 8 to 12 years ago. <laughs> and in one or two years, and sometimes one year, that's pretty good progress. That is definitely good progress. There's a Daily Mail poll out. They have an article. Six in ten U.S. voters think uh, promoting transgender ideology has gone too far, including most Gen Z and millennials, 93% of Republicans, 62% of Indians, and even 25% of Dems think it's gone too far, and only 32%, meaning only the th- the worst third of Dems want to take it even further and keep keep this going. And again, the number of Americans identifying as socially conservative jumped. So this is a big, big deal. This is very important. But then we're out with a new Gallup poll. Newsweek had an article on this that a lot of people would be shocked by. I'm not shocked by it. And the question is, will we take advantage of this? And that is when it comes to the homosexual stuff itself. Now, a lot of people are are messaging this in terms of, do you support gay marriage? But that wasn't the question. The question was even more hardcore than that. It was much stronger. The question was, regardless of whether you think the issue should be legal, meaning whatever, like same relationship marriage, please tell me whether you personally believe it is morally acceptable or morally wrong to believe in one of these things. And it was the death penalty, pornography, premarital relations, divorce, all, all sorts of things. Very interesting poll. So at the front page of Gallup. You know, I'd, I'd advise you to go to the poll. Don't go to any article written on it. Go to the poll itself and judge for yourself. It was a survey done in May of 1,000 adults. And one of the things they want to know, do, I mean, do you believe it is morally acceptable or not to have same-sex relationships? Now, remember, that's not the same as, that's not even the, that's not the important public policy question that's relevant. Right? The relevant question is, do you think that states should be forced to recognize it as a marriage and then all of the cascading effects of that? I bet the numbers would be even better if you pulled that and also if you made people understand, as increasingly that I, I guess they are understanding, that it's not just, hey, here's your certificate, do what you want, but then that forces society to recognize for adoption, for birth certificates, for all sorts of things, and then it seeps into culture. Well, it's 100% equal. It's like, just like a man and a woman, it could be two daddies. And then therefore, it permeates all of our educational literature and everything like that. Whoa, now you see the drag shows. Now you see, no, this wasn't, oh, let me just have my thing, and we're going to live like everyone else. You see associated with the homosexual relationships... Maybe I'm not saying it's 100% of them all act like that, but it's much more, as we always knew, 
this deviant behavior that has led to the drag shows, which, by the way, is full of that stuff. You know, some of my loser colleagues who only want to focus on the tranny stuff, and even then sometimes only on the female sports, they they want to say, oh, it's the trannies. I'm all for the other stuff. But you look at the drag shows, a lot of that is not just trannies. Um, they, they do straight up all this stuff that you don't really find heterosexually parades doing that as well. There's all sorts of heterosexual promiscuity. It's been for a while. It's grown over time. But no one does it out in the open to that extent. Because there's an understanding that, yes, we're all morally um, challenged. And we, we go through that challenge every day with our evil inclination. And, and, and some of us succeed or fail more than others. And that's the ongoing battle of life, of growth of the human being, that we're supposed to perfect ourselves as a human being. But even if we fail, there's a difference between saying we are okay with this. You know, I don't want to comment too much on this, but you know, my, my colleague Steve Dace did a whole show, I think, last week. I remember him talking about how, you know, he was very close to getting divorced with his wife. And and thank God he, you know, got off of the brink and and they have a happy marriage. And his point was, it's like, it's not that, you know, we don't get sucked into things personally, but that, you know, he's not, he wasn't proud of, proud of it. Doesn't think that's ideal. Ideal is no to try to avoid it. And he's thankful he did. And that's the thing. We all, we all have issues, but you don't suddenly say this is all great. Pre-matter again, before we even get to the homosexual agenda, that premarital relations, you know, extramarital, all this stuff. J- just because someone and could be a guy that thinks he's conservative and gets sucked into that. But you don't just say, oh, therefore, we have no standard. So this Gallup poll shows every single year since 2002, and it's probably before then, that's when they polled it, the number of people who felt it's morally acceptable to have a same-sex relationship went up every year. But just in one year from 2022 to 2023, it went down seven points from 71% to 64%. And obviously, that drop was most acute among Republican voters whereby it went from 56 to 41. That's the difference between a majority and minority of Republicans. Slip back 15 points in one year, making it the lowest number since 2014. So almost going back a whole decade. So it's mainly driven by Republicans, but it is noteworthy among Dems, it did slide back six points. Extremely noteworthy. So I want to delve into that. That is earth-shattering for a number of reasons, both in terms of legally what we need to do, morally what it represents, and politically what that reflects, not just on this issue, but many other issues, what we need to do. And that is preach to the choir. Get your own core to be conservative, which often we're not. We say we are. And then that radiates out to others. And culture, yes, is downstream from often legal and political fights. But first, this segment of the show is sponsored by Barrel Buddy. As we try to reclaim ground and clean up our culture, our politics, you got to clean up your dirty guns. You can't just fire a thousand rounds through your, your gun and not clean it. 
Uh, it's often unenjoyable. I always hated using these little cloths that get all gunked up and your hands get dirty. Barrel Buddy is a cartridge. They sell about 50 of these cartridges in one pack for 15 bucks. It compresses to fill the interior of your gun's barrel, making sure to clean the rifling grooves. Comes in all different sizes, depending on the caliber. And it scrubs and collects the particulates, the carbon, and it, it also absorbs any remaining residue. And boom, you push it through. You could you could put the barrel up to your eyes clean. I, I've done this, actually, by the way, in a gun that I didn't clean for a while. And I was curious, hey, you know, would this... Yeah, would it work on on even um, you know something that hadn't been cleaned in months? And and it, I only needed one cartridge, and then uh, you know you take a few more. You you could also scrub along the sides, the metal, all the metallic areas, um, and you know the guide rod, all different things. I'm telling you, folks, this is the revolutionary revolutionary way of clearing your gun. Barrelbuddy.com today for. 50 Barrel Buddies in one pack. Make sure you get the right caliber for 15 bucks. BarrelBuddy.com today. So, folks, again, a 15-point decline. And, and remember, this is not in gay marriage. Do you think gay marriage was a good idea? And do you think states should be mandated to adopt it? Do you think states should view this as everything else? Because remember, you could still, you know, obviously we believe it is sin. We believe the Bible doesn't change. All this stuff is a sin, just like heterosexual issues are, you know, promiscuity is a sin. It doesn't mean we don't live in a society that's become more secular and okay with sin and not believing in a Bible. And sometimes you gotta, you gotta deal with what you're, you have in front of you. But that standard doesn't change. But nonetheless, we don't even, for our political outcomes, we don't even need people to believe that. So the fact that we now have only 41% of Republicans and, you know, 64%, it's not good, but we've gone back about nine years worth in one year, and that portends definitely indicates there's probably more juice to squeeze out of that. That's amazing, because like I said, you could totally believe, that, yeah, well, you know, I don't think there's anything sinful, but I do have a problem saying that that's a marriage. And this is the argument that Republicans have refused to make over the years. They're like, well, we've become more secular, and they just threw it away. And I always said it was unnatural the fact that we won 30 out of 30 marriage amendments, defining marriage as a man, uh, between a man and a woman, mainly between the years 2000, 2006. And all of a sudden, it just became a losing issue within two years. It didn't make any sense. Even if you believe that the trend in general with the newer generation was becoming like that, it would happen too quickly, too profoundly. And then what happened was, you have to understand, when people are not intellectually honest, okay? I have a very, not, I guess you'd say cynical view of political public opinion, it's extremely fickle. If you go and promote, this is what's happening, this is what we're doing, the Supreme Court says this is, well, I guess it's right. In other words, the every bit as much as the culture preps the political and legal victories, the political and legal victories themselves prep the culture. So that's why the left doesn't try to build support. They just go and do it. And if the Republicans or conservatives don't get on the playing field and counter it, well, people only see one side of the story. And that's it. It's the same thing that happened with global warming. We're, we're totally pushing the clock back on that issue as well. 
because for a while, there was one side on the field. Just like with COVID, those first few months. Even majority of Republicans believed in the lockdowns and masking. That's the reality because there was no other team on the playing field. But if you push back and you say, this is what we're doing, this is wrong, you make your best case, you'd be surprised at where you can go politically with that. And that will change the public sentiment. You will lead the polls. You will lead the polls. So I think this is very, very significant. And obviously, it is a mixture of two things. It's a mixture of Democrat overreach. So, you know, it started out, ah, just, just hand them the thing. It's not going to affect you. What do you care? And now we're like, oh, you're basically grooming an entire public to think, not just because the whole thing was a lie. This is not a flaw, a bug in Obergefell. This is a feature of Obergefell. Because again, even if you're of the ilk that we don't need to be a Judeo-Christian society, I don't care about sin, let them do what they want, that's not what Obergefell was doing. Because they were always able to do what they wanted. There was no one coming with cameras saying you have to do this or you can't do this. That's the left. They do that. But, but they, they did succeed because we didn't have an effective opposition because the Republican Party is a gay party and they believed in this stuff so they didn't fight it. So they successfully convinced the majority of the public that we were the ones going after people and kind of controlling people. But in fact, they were the ones pushing homofascism because you are always, if you want to hire a band, have a ceremony, and, and do your thing, you could, you could so-called live together with anyone you want. And indeed, there's a certain amount of people who get sucked into that, just like they get sucked into other, you know, sexual activities. But that was the only one where the courts created a special protection. You see, a marriage is a marriage. You can never redefine that. You could love a lot of people. I love my mother. I love my father. I love my sister and brother. But that's not a marriage. Okay? A person might love more than one woman. And by the way, that you could procreate. You could have a mother and a father in the home. You might have just a, a two, you know, an extra one around. If anything, that is more rooted in history and tradition, and that is more fits one of the def, you know, one of the key elements of, of the definition of marriage is the ability to start a family and perpetuate an, a, another generation. But that's not recognized as a marriage. So why did we create? an exception just for one form of sexual deviancy or if you would say an alternative lifestyle. Two men could go and do whatever they want and spread monkeypox all they want and no one's stopping them. But we created an exception that that is a marriage that the state must recognize it and issue a document and redefine a fixed definition to accommodate a behavior. The behavior is there. No one was ever stopping that. And then that led to adoption. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. You're going to tell me that you could take a baby of no fault of its own, no free will to choose, and you're going to tell me, there's one thing you're saying, you're going you're to tell me, I don't find it morally repug repugnant. Okay, fine. But you're going to look me in the eye and tell me 
There is no difference with a home that has a mother and a father versus two men. Are you freaking kidding me? Especially in that direction where there's no feminine figure in the life of of a young child. You're going to tell me that that is just as equal? And that's what they did. That's what Obergefell did. It created that scenario. And then obviously it went even further where it wasn't just a shield but a sword. Where it was weaponized to say Catholic adoption agencies cannot operate without that. And you must bake the cake. So I think it's the overreach of the left and the slippery slope that was warned about but people didn't see. Now you can't miss it. That is definitely a big part of this dynamic. Cultural, sociological dynamic playing out. But then there is the other half. You see, that slippery slope has been happening for quite a while. But if you have to, if you look at the trend line in the polling, it's the last few years where it turns, but particularly the last year. Meaning there's an accelerated trend. Why? Well, you could say, well, the left overreach is accelerating. Okay. But I think that's more a matter of the fact that we had all these legislative sessions where the states are downright banning it. You see, I've said this before, it's kind of a deep and but subtle thought. Most people are like, Daniel, I, I need to know, is this a winning issue? Should we push this legislatively or not? Here's an irony. Often if you actually push it legislatively, pe- people, people, wanna, people want a king. Okay, th- th- this is back to the book of, of Judges when they wanted to depose Samuel for a king. People want, to, people want to be told what to do. You tell them gay marriage is the law of the land. They'll be like, oh, I guess gay marriage is the law of the land. I guess this is what to do. But if you tell them this is wrong, we are not doing this. We are not doing the castrations. We're not doing the drag shows. We're not doing the men and female sports. We're not doing the men and female bathrooms. And you have a modicum of sensible articulation behind those policies People like to follow the law. Well, I guess that's, people are followers. So when you make it seem like the homosexual agenda is in vogue, they'll follow that. You push back against it, enough of people will push back and follow that. The last year we have seen, finally, a legislative pushback. And there's no doubt you see this in Florida. Florida was a swing state until DeSantis came in. He moved the culture. It wasn't that the culture moved him. By him acting swiftly, it moved the needle. It moved the needle. And look, this is part of it. Part of it is you pick some of the most egregious things they do to win your issue, but you don't only you know, try to push that. You try to push back on the whole of the culture, not just female sports, but the whole of it. And to me, I think this is an unbelievable opportunity. First, let me just talk about the political aspect on, on the right. You might say, well, Daniel, it's only within the margins that there's pushback among independents, among Democrats. Okay. Now, first of all, even within the margins, that's significant. Something like this where the velocity 
of the secularism, the paganism was so strong in one direction, to even push back one or two points, that, that says something. But importantly is, our own people get worn down. Because the Republican Party is so decrepit, if you don't have conservatives pushing a categorical view, this is wrong, we are not doing this, we don't stand for this. This business of uh, you know conservative commentators getting married to men and then adopting a kid. That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable to grab a kid like that. No. I will never, ever change my views on that. And we need leaders on the right making that clear. And by the way, they're still milk toast. But relative to the way so-called conservative leaders, even Republican leaders, have been on this issue three years ago, you could see that the polling among Republicans follows. Republican voters, again, they will focus on, they will care about whatever Fox News tells them to care about. Now, Fox News might go down the tubes, so whatever the next thing is, the, the sum total of the top 30 most influential conservative voter uh, uh, talk show hosts, cable news shows, media personalities, elected officials. If you make it cool, like, for example, if all the presidential candidates would say, look at the damage of Obergefell, look at what this caused, it is not acceptable to say that two men with a relationship going together, that somehow that is on par with a marriage of a man and a woman in terms of procreation, in terms of family life, in terms of what's good for children. Notice I didn't even venture into sin, which I have no problem talking about that. I'm not, you know, believe me, I'm not avoiding it, but I'm just saying you don't even have to get to that. If you don't want to argue the, Le- the Leviticus case, at least argue the Genesis case. If you know what I mean, meaning Leviticus cases, you know, anyone who lies with another man, you know, shall be put to death. Okay? Obviously, no one's talking about that. No one ever did. Even, you know, from the founding of our country was never what they did in Iran. Even when everyone viewed it 100% that it was one of the most repugnant things. Um, But, you know, you do what you do. Now, there were anti-sodomy laws technically, how much they were really enforced, and certainly to the point where you'd lock someone up, much less give them capital punishment, obviously never happened. But we're not talking about that, or even saying it's morally wrong without criminalizing it, just civil. We're talking about Genesis. That God created a man and a woman to become one flesh and procreate in the image of God and partner with God to perpetuate life. Okay, and the fact, but 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 again, it's not just the marriage. The, the the see some of my colleagues that are not good on this issue, they want to create this cognitive dissonance, this divide between transgenderism and homosexuality. But the, the, they flow one flows from the other because it was broadly transgenderism. It, they just went to the final level of literally cutting people's balls off, literally treating, you know, you know pointing to a, a six foot three guy looks like Bruce Jenner and calling him Caitlyn, literally, and they still do, like, like a mental disorder. But this has been building for several decades. This whole notion that you could look at two men and say that's a marriage, well, you could look at a man and say that's a woman. 
Moreover, even before you get to the straight-up homosexuality, but this gender-bending culture. I, again, I'm not saying that it everyone who does that will become transgender, but you, you get what I'm saying. You, you groom a culture that you take a girl, okay, from the time she's goes to preschool, and you drum into her that you are the same as a man. And I mean even before the last five, seven, ten years. But it's like, your goal in life is to pursue a career with as much vigor with a, for as many years uninter- uninterrupted as a, as a boy becoming a man. That that is, you know, typically the mark of a man is like, you know, your career is success. I'm not saying that it should be. Um, there's other things to life, of course, and certainly being a father is part of that. But, you know, in culture for a while, that, that, that you know, if, if you're unsuccessful in your career, it's kind of a, a, a rip on your manlyhood, whether it's right or wrong. They're not, they've done that for a while now to women. It's like, oh, if you don't have the same type of career, you're, you're a nobody. And somehow it's, it's, it's frowned upon a woman that wants to focus on motherhood in those formative years, in her 20s and 30s, and this whole business of women, the ideal not getting married until late, and um, this whole you-go-girl culture, then obviously the gender bending, women acting like men, taking the worst character traits of men. There has been a war on femininity for, for ages. People don't realize, it wasn't just like gay marriage. The homosexual culture is much broader than you think. And it's been permeating for a while. And I rank that among the top, really, two, three things, if not the number one thing, that has destroyed our culture. And everything else we're dealing with is downstream from that. It was so subtle, and people didn't realize it, but I think people are finally waking up, and particularly you know, among right-leaning voters. This has been a huge problem. Feminizing men, but particularly masculinizing women. Yeah, women need to do this and they need to do everything. And, you know, it goes into women in combat and all this stuff. And, you know, Hollywood and everything has been just glorifying this. It's the war on femininity. Because the homosexual culture, those people you see, like Biden's monkeypox advisor, and um, Levine, that guy Levine, the deputy health secretary. These type of people, they hate feminine women. They hate it. Because that's what you need to perpetuate healthy marriages. That's what you need to perpetuate the healthy raising of children. And what happens if you have healthy, strong marriages and families, and raising of children. You have a bulwark against tyranny. You don't have mind-numb AI robots that will just give in to every other thing. It's not just everyone's like, okay, there's social issues, there's fiscal, the the two go together. You destroy families, you destroy culture, you destroy the economy, you destroy independence make people dependent on government, both in terms of the welfare programs fiscally, but also dependent on them for thought. 
And that's how you get COVID fascism. That's how you get climate change fascism and all that stuff. That is the brutal truth of this. So a lot of this is the whole, like, you know, and, and by the way, you know, if you look at some of the other polling they have on there, like premar- premarital relations, it's it's gone the other way a little bit. And this is just in the matter of 12 months. And divorce, thoughts on divorce, you know, is divorce morally acceptable? You know, it's like, it went from like 81 to 77. It went, went a little bit back. And again, obviously, people get divorced. It's unfortunate. Even good people, even people with values. Divorce is mentioned in the Bible, and there is a process for it. But it's just, it's not an ideal. It's not glorified. It's not something that we should have a 50% divorce rate in this country. There's something wrong with that. Let's strive for something better. It doesn't have to be this way, and that's the bottom line. When I look at this Gallup poll, it tells me it doesn't have to be this way. And that's why I feel the sense of urgency. Steve calls me the prophet of woe and lamentation. But if you understand Jeremiah, it wasn't meant to be to give people clinical depression. It was a warning. This is what's going to happen, but no, it doesn't have to be this way. You could turn back. You could turn your back on that garbage behavior anytime and embrace something greater. Doesn't mean you have to be like in the 1800s in all ways. Embrace modernity where it advances the ball, but mix it with the unmovable, immutable, self-evident truths of life. Don't frown on everything our forefathers did. There was wisdom to it. And I think there might be, I mean, as, as decadent as Gen Z is, there might be at least a growing minority, definitely a minority, but hopefully growing, that yearns for something stronger. They know there's something amiss. This whole androgynous boy and girl is the same thing culture. And again, I'm saying that even if you don't get into the official transgenderism, but it's like that in general. This whole co-ed culture, it's just, it's just wrong. And that's why what they did is they declared a war on femininity. And they did that with a bifurcated approach. So not all men are homosexual, right? No no matter how many they're trying to make. So nature is nature. So they can't just have a bunch of kind of, to put it bluntly, the dyke culture of women. So they had had, had to bifurcate it. So either women are men, too, or women are sex objects. So that's the, the feminine side is that they just flaunt the pornography, this, that, the way people dress and everything. What they wanted to do is box out traditional femininity. They don't flaunt that. You don't, you know, women aren't sex objects. They're created in the design of God just like men, but for their own unique way that's very special and, and necessary to, to, again, the procreation of life, of civilization. And they wanted to make sure that is, that is done with. So this women are men too culture permeates much deeper than we're willing to admit. And frankly, a lot of our own people, whether we want to admit it or not, we adopt that. You know, how many Republican voters believe in transgenderism? Well, that's going to be very small and, you know, going back the other way to even smaller. And that's great. 
but how many of us have adopted in our own lifestyle a little bit of that culture or a lot of bit of that culture? And that's a lot more than we want to admit. And that's why it is so important that we become categorical in our views. We're fearless and we push back. Even if you don't convert a single person on the other side. But you need to preach to the choir. Because their resolve is waning. The culture wears on them. You need a counterculture. You need a counterforce. You need another team on the, on the playing field. So practically, what does this look like? Practically, we need to set up a legal challenge to Obergefell with the new composition of the court. Even if you don't think that we're going to be able to not recognize gay marriage in a vacuum, which would be nice, I think at least the 10 most conservative states, we shouldn't give up on that prospect. But even if you think it's not worth the fight, but at least on the adoption front, and again, Obergefell needs to be overturned because of those legalities. That's number one. That needs to be something to strive for. And I want to hear from the presidential candidates that they're going to have a goal to push back on Obergefell. That's number one. Number two, we cannot be sufficed and content to just go after female sports and maybe castration for minors. You cannot allow this notion that, yeah, this is the new normal, men are women, but look, we just got to have accommodations for the bathrooms or accommodations for sports so it doesn't mess up sports, doesn't, you know, we can't, um, you know, invade the privacy of women in, in locker rooms. I mean, this, this is all true, and we need to get rid of that. And, you know, minors, you have to at least wait until they're older. That's, the Bruce, that, that's what Bruce Jenner is trying to groom you into. We are at a precipice where God has given us an opportunity to create momentum on this issue that, frankly, we didn't think would happen. We need to floor the gas pedal. We need to, we need to hang on to that momentum, get in there, and just get everything, squeeze out every bit of that juice from this opportunity that we can. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Will Donald Trump be that person? Do you see what I'm driving at? At this critical moment, the, the Mar-a-Lago sentiment on this is, no, we're going to help move the over window, Overton window. We're going to enshrine the Overton window. We're just going to prevent the next iteration of it. That's what the log cabin Republicans that have been propped up around him, led by Bruce Jenner and Rick Grinnell, are trying to push. And by the way, this has been that way for a long time. This is a CNN article. I mean, we knew this already. Trump repeatedly celebrated the inclusion of transgender women in his beauty pageant. This is in the summer of 2012. And this is one of the more absurd aspects of this. Having a man in a beauty pageant. So um, Trump celebrated the interest in a 23-year-old transgender woman named Jenna Talkakova participating in a Canadian pageant. He then later effusively praised the winner of the Miss USA pageant, Olivia Culpo, for saying that transgender women should be allowed to compete. Trump, then the owner of Miss Universe pageant, would go on to cite the possible participation of transgender women in Olympic sports to justify his decision. So, I mean, this man has that in his DNA. This is a very big problem. You know, I, I, I could be okay with some liberal positions from Trump 
you know, on some issues that are maybe less relevant. But this issue, again, the issues that we're at the cusp of either winning and losing are medical freedom and the homosexual agenda. On those two issues, it's not that Trump is weak on them. It's that he is putting the kosher stamp of approval of not just the Republicans, but the supposed MAGA and America first far right, so to speak, on that agenda, on warp speed in in the realm of the medical freedom issue, biomedical security state, and the homosexual agenda. That they celebrate gay marriage. They celebrated Biden's piece of legislation codifying Obergefell into statute. Unbelievably. And they're like, we need to lay off Bud Light when we're literally have the most successful boycott in history. Down 27% in revenue. We cannot afford to ignore this opportunity. We cannot afford not to press our advantage. What we're at with the rainbow Ramadan, the rainbow jihad, in the landscape of the battlefield in this jihad, we're at the equivalent of the first bull run from the Confederate vantage point when it was like the Union had the much vaster military, more resources, money. They thought it would just be a picnic. A lot of... uh, Dignitaries, elites from the north even traveled with their wives in a carriage to watch the spectacle. And they got routed by the Confederates. And they moved, they moved ahead. They pressed on. And they chased them across the Potomac. But Stonewall Jackson had a very bold idea. He's like, give me 10,000 men. I'll take Washington. I'll do a decapitation strike. I'll end this from day one. You know, and at the time, it kind of made sense to think, whoa, whoa, we're not prepared for this. That's, a, that's too bold. Let's, let's just savor and celebrate our victory that we didn't see coming, and let's kind of build up and, you know, fight this properly, and it's kind of understandable. But obviously, in retrospect, that was the only way that they would have ever won that war. And that's kind of where we are now. We cannot afford to just be happy. All right, we're winning on the female sports issue, maybe the, maybe even the castration, some other parts of this. We need to push back and say, it is wrong. Two men together is not a marriage. A man is not a woman. A woman is not a man. This entire agenda is not, oh, incidental to it, but it flows from it. The grooming flows from it. Yes, people will struggle with their mental illness. People will struggle with their evil inclination. People will struggle with sin. But you don't codify that as something normal. You don't normalize it. And you certainly don't treat it on par with natural law. I mean, that's even one level. You could even normalize gay marriage. But like the notion that it's legally and culturally and ideally on par to the point where if you have a kid... It's like, well, which family do I put them with? Adam and Eve or Adam and and Steve? That is insane. And even if you believe that we've ceded ground as a culture, which we certainly have, and you don't want to inveigh against the actual morality of the thing itself, you don't even have to. But certainly we should be able to, and politically we can, stand up and say, no, that is not on the same playing field, that is not good for a child, that is not equal for civilization. We need to push back. 
We will never have this opportunity again. And that's where, you know, look, it's already June. We have to prepare for next January, another half a year. ConAction.network is where you could join one of our state-based legislative strike force teams. We need to come up with the key, key, key elements we have on medical freedom, on culture, on crime, on illegal immigration, on, on global warming regulations, different things that states need to do to become red. And we need to push and push and push. And the lesson is that changes the culture. You know what's interesting? So um, I looked... You look at the trend line of Gallup, what they're showing, the support for gay marriage since 2002. And it's been, you know, gay marriage has gone up or, or the number of people saying it's morally acceptable, that was a question, has gone up. But there's been a couple of, you know, seesaws, nothing like this, where you have a 15-point drop in one year among Republicans. We, we've never had that. But the next closest thing I did find was very interesting. From 2003 to 2004, and it's going to make you cry because you go back to, wow, I wish we can go back to that, where it went from 34 to 27. That was pretty significant. That's statistically significant. You know, once in a while you'll have, you know, trend lines oscillate one or two points, but that was seven points. Now, this, this went down 15, but that was still significant, seven. That was the last time. Do you know why? 2003 to 2004, that was the year that we pushed the most ballot initiatives to codify marriage between, uh, reaffirm marriage between a man and a woman within the states and actually won on them. See, obviously you need a certain amount of public opinion to win a vote, whether it's a ballot initiative, whether it's a legislative fight, whatever, an election. But winning itself <laughs> moves the culture. It goes in a circle. Culture is largely downstream from politics. If you, you say this is what we're doing and you succeed in pushing it, People are like, oh, wow, I guess that's where it's at. People are very fickle. Public opinion is very fickle. And Democrats understand that, which is why they never give up. Even when the polling is bad and they lose, they'll come back again. Our side's like, the first sign of trouble, oh, I'm not even going to fight it. No. Again, I'm not saying we can go back to 1980 levels of morality, but you, you, it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be what we're, what we're dealing with. I think that's obvious. I didn't mean to spend all of today on this, but I think it was worth it in the end because this is about so much more than even just this issue. And this issue is as important as they come. Make no mistake about it. It doesn't get more important than, is, than, than this issue. But, you know, think, think about illegal immigration. The numbers are moving in the right direction. Crime. I mean, we, we were never losing on that. We were always winning on crime. It's just the Republican Party screwed us with that First Step Act and all the state acts that they were doing. But here's the deal. Who is suited to lead that battle against that agenda? And we'll see. But I am very concerned about the attitude of Trump. I'm not just trying to dig up, oh, he was kind of a New Yorker. He was a social liberal for most of his life. I'm not even coming from that. I'm coming from the things that his orbit of people are doing right now. And the message they're putting out that this is where it's at. 
a marriage is not a marriage, a woman's not a woman. It's just we have to make some, you know, logistical accommodations so we don't mess up female sports, invade their privacy, and, uh, you know, we shouldn't do this on minors. That's kind of their view. That is not enough. That is the road to decadent hell that will continue the macro trend line, which is going in the wrong direction. But we do have a micro trend line, this lifeline that I believe God is, is throwing us and saying, clear the path. Take it. Take yes for an answer. But do we really want yes for an answer? Do we believe in it? Oh, well, I want to. It's just the polling is bad. Well, if that's the case, on a good percentage of this issue, you have the opportunity to push back. The problem is too many of my colleagues, their morality has been worn down so much, they actually agree with a lot of this stuff. The conservative movement has become a gay movement, largely. More ways than you think. So folks, this is our guide on this. And you, you could apply it to vaccines too. We are pushing that Overton window back. We really are. But part of it is making the case. Part of it is just doing. Just do it. That's what I love the best. I find the most compelling about the Florida model. It's not like there were years of like building think tanks in Florida to make the case. He just did it. He did it. And the polls moved on that. That's what happened with COVID. People forget. It was kind of like gay marriage where we were up to the point where already every year is going up where even a majority of Republicans felt it was morally acceptable or at least maybe not as a policy like we're saying, but at least, you know, the relationship. And uh, it was inevitable. Well, I got news for you. You go back to the first year of COVID, the polling on social distancing and lockdowns um, and certainly masking. Masking was horrible for us. It was like 100% of Democrats, 80% of Indies, and maybe 60% of Republicans, 50 60%. The polling was awful, but it was fickle. It was a reflection of leadership among Republican or right-leaning leaders, or lack thereof. If you don't have anyone fighting an issue, the polls will reflect that over time. If all Republicans are like, climate change is real, but, you know, just don't do the transition too abruptly, so to speak, well, the polls will reflect that. But whether it's global warming, whether it's medical freedom, whether it's the trannyism, whether it's crime, whether it's illegal immigration, there is the budding, and in some cases, the blossoming of a reawakening. The question is, do we have a movement in place to harness that, direct it, grow it, and steer it in a direction where we can expand upon it? rather than it just being a temporary oscillation in the trend line to, 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 to moral decadence, to Sodom and Gomorrah, that in a year or two will just go back the other way. That's why I feel a sense of urgency, to focus on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter, to make red states red. That's why it's so important. You're like, man, Daniel, I think we're losing on this. So, all right, but are we, you know, do we have a majority support of Republican voters? Yes. 
So then floor the gas pedal in the red states. And then as the left moves the Overton window in their states and becomes so untenable, the middle will start coming back to you. But even if it doesn't, at a minimum, let's preserve the half the country. And there's many states because there's more red states than blue states because, you know, they're smaller in population. But you have a unique jurisdiction that you control just as much as the left controls California. You know, you control North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, West Virginia. Doesn't matter how few people there are. You can do whatever you want there. We need to make next legislative session the best ever. We need to push that Overton window while we still can. Because again, we all know how Jeremiah ends. We don't need the destruction of our country. Destruction of the temple. We could turn back. We could heed those warnings. We could, we could re-embrace timeless, self-evident truths, self-evident rights, natural law, nature is God. And that's what we should be celebrating as we ignore this disgusting, repulsive, fake holiday today and fake month, Rainbow Ramadan, and look towards July as the month of freedom, the month of the declaration, the month of self-evident truths. Then perhaps there will be a bright future waiting for us. So we'll get back to more of the news of the day uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week. Let me know. Feedback. Do you agree or disagree? Do we have this opportunity? Should we press on harder? Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com is the email. At Arm Conservative is the Twitter. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. And thank you for listening. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 